0: Hello, and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and I have with me uh, today a a special guest. This is a a little different episode than we normally uh, go into. It's a a really interesting topic. We have Dr. Josh Packard from the uh, Springtide Research Institute uh, joining us, and the Springtide Research Institute just put out a new study on navigating uncertainty the state of religion and young people and especially looked at catholics so dr packard thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about this really interesting uh new study you have
1: yeah thank you i'm, I'm excited this is a state of religion and uh, young people's report that we do every fall but it's really great the past couple of years we've had the ability um financially we've gotten support to expand that out into a catholic specific edition and so it's i'm really great, gr-
0: glad to be on here and talking about the findings so what are what are the things that you've uh discovered and i imagine uh, I can preface this a little bit. I imagine COVID was a big part of um, the research. What have you discovered about the state of young, young Catholics uh, in the United States?
1: Well, young Catholics look, um, you know, a lot like their peers. I mean, you know, which is not surprising, you know, they're growing up in the same kind of social environment. So the, the, the same sort of like social issues uh, that are impacting, you know, young people in general are impacting young Catholics. And we shouldn't, you know, so I think that's actually a big takeaway So we shouldn't necessarily be thinking about young Catholics as like, you know, this distinct group who are not like the other young kids. In fact, um, at Spring Tide, our whole focus is 13 to 25 year olds. And what we see is that the, the same dominant trends are in place, but there are some like really distinct differences in, in the details. Um, so where we haven't necessarily seen this massive drop off in terms of young people who are identifying as Catholic, there does seem to be some softening there of, of practice. Um so like 87% of young catholics uh are saying that they're religious 85% say that they're spiritual um but only like a quarter of them use their faith as a guide when they're unsure about things mm. um the like a qu- one fourth of them about 26% of them fell out of attending services that practice of attending services during covid um and about a fifth of those who fell out of that habit said that they were glad to have fallen out of that habit <laughs> Um, and so what we find consistently is that there's, there is the same sense of like, because I'm Catholic, that also means that I need to be connected to, um, a religious or spiritual community of practice. In fact, only 40% of young Catholics said they needed to be connected to a spiritual community at all. So that's a little bit different there where, you know, some, we, we start this picture of what it means to be young and Catholic emerges where it's possible to be identifying as Catholic, but not necessarily, um. To be doing a lot of the sort of traditional practices uh, along with Catholicism, and that was more so for young Catholics than any other any of their peers.
0: That's interesting. So Catholic uh, Catholicism for young people might be more about a family background or about you know certain practices they had growing up as opposed to a life-changing you know transformative or 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 um, intentional encounter with with a religious uh, group, uh, a set of religious practices.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's, you know, it's still very much like the language that they speak. I think, you know, if you're mm-hmm. identifying as Catholic, like you know the language of sacraments and saints and, um, you know, those things are going to be, you know, baptism, confirmation, all of those sorts, like those are all going to be still part of your like working, uh, I'll use the word vocabulary here in the broadest sense, mm-hmm. not just the words you speak, but the way you understand religion, um, that sort of familiarity that way, but, but maybe not always uh, in that like day to day to day to day um, this is what, it, you know, I have to, you know, prayer is a part of my day life because I'm Catholic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. What do you, are you able to, to look into the reasons why, or do you have a speculation about where these trends might be coming from?
1: Well, so this is a part of a larger trend, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've, we've noticed this, if you've been paying attention to religious research over the last couple of decades, you've known that there's a, there's this rise in the, the unaffiliated across all age groups and that's true. Like, you know, our research shows that it's about a third or more of young people um, say that they have no religious affiliation and that's the highest group. I mean, it can be upwards of 40% depending on, you know when we do the survey and what sample we're looking at. Um, and that's a continuation of trends that have been increasingly greater with each age cohort. So, you know, older people tend to be more affiliated. Now, what's I think is super interesting though and we see this with young Catholics as well is that even though they're losing their or with people who you would expect to be young Catholic, I say they're losing their affiliation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're losing an interest um, in God or in the divine or or what is spiritual. And for a long time, we conflated those two things, right? like if you if you didn't claim an identity as Protestant or Muslim or Jewish or Catholic or whatever, we assumed that meant that you weren't interested in God. Um, if you Or if you weren't attending, we we thought that basically was equivalent of saying that you weren't religious. Mm-hmm. But what we see with young people at Springtide is that that is not necessarily the case. And so this year, when we wrote The State of Religion and Young People, we wrote this thing about this thing called Faith Unbundled. Um, and that's that's true even within the group of young people who are identifying as Catholic, meaning... That they're not necessarily just taking this whole package of Catholicism and saying yes, sign me up for all of that, right? There, there's parts of it that they're intensely interested in. I mean, young people—they're very, you know, value-driven and social issues-driven, and so a lot of the a lot of young Catholics are really drawn to the Catholic social teaching part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you can imagine, if you pay attention to the other statistics, you know, they might have issues with, you know, the way the the way the Catholic Church handles gender or LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. issues, um, et cetera. So. With young Catholics, what we're seeing is like this sort of reluctance to just throw the throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, they're not necessarily saying like no, none of that, never, mm-hmm. but there is this instead this like mm-hmm. desire to engage and understand various components of it and, and pieces of it, and that's that's true, um, you know, for their peers as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I, the part you asked a question about COVID, I, I let me just toss in here real quick. I think that that has been an accelerant to these trends that were already mm-hmm. in place, and. Uh, One of the places where I think young Catholic people are faring worse than their peers is is in what happened during COVID. So, so much of the Catholic experience, you know, is built around the parish and around Mm -hmm. the building itself. And when those shut down, there weren't really good structures in a lot of Catholic parishes to do relational ministry or outreach ministry. And and so we saw consequently that um, in the first year of the pandemic, only 6% of Catholic young people said that a faith leader had reached out to them.
0: I was going to ask about that. That same stat I saw it in the report—it was staggering to me that that no one had reached reached out to them. No one had checked in to see how they were doing, and that strikes me as a really poor way of doing evangelization. Uh, that <laughs> you're, you're you're not actually reaching out to the people who normally would even be going to your your parish, you know? Uh, yeah. That that's that's quite amazing.
1: Well, I, and that number was only ten percent overall. So I don't want anybody yeah, to that's think <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that like Catholics are somehow like really appalled here. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that factor into that For I mean, you know, when, when we think about how do we do this kind of, how do we do relational and outreach ministry safely? So a lot of people might've been under the, maybe even direct order that you can't contact a young person directly. You have to go through their parents. And so yeah. it's possible there was more of that outreach happening than the young person felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more than anything, this speaks not to individuals failing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, like this youth pastor isn't good enough or something, mm-hmm. I think it speaks more to how our systems are built. Yeah. And, and especially, like I said, especially in the Catholic church, we have systems that were built to do programs, yeah. primarily onsite programs, right? And those worked really well for a very long time. And what COVID has shown us is that this generation isn't super interested in that. Now during COVID, especially, they can't even do that. And so there's a little bit of a pivot, I think that's called for, which is how do we take as much energy and innovation as we put into on-site programs and start moving that over you know into the world of relationships a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it it strikes me that uh, that you can correlate a couple of these things which is that a lot of the that programmatic approach to things that everything was done at the parish you of course went to the parish yeah. was based on a certain respect for authority too that like sure. of course you know it, you know you're going to go because you're catholic and catholics are supposed to go as mm-hmm. opposed to a relational outreach where um you have to to understand why you're being asked to go and 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 and, mm-hmm. and convinced uh, that you ought to go um, with the lack of, of belief in authority, especially, it seems like from your research that, that, you know, they're, they're much more willing not to take, take direction from their faith leaders, things like that. Then it would strike me that, that a programmatic approach to things just doesn't seem to be the solution for this generation.
1: Well, that's, that's really true. And it's, you know, we have models of doing ministry from youth on up that are built on an assumption of high trust mm-hmm. in the culture. Mm-hmm. And. And so when you live in a high trust culture, you build models that leverage that trust to get people to come to your institution. You know, you talk about the credentials you have, how many years you've been in that mm-hmm. space, you know, all the people that have been there, et cetera. But when you try to do those same tactics, but in a, you're operating in a low trust environment, now those things take you further away from your goal as opposed to strengthening um your approach and we we wrote about this in the first state of religion and young people we call it, it the 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 right approach for young people is one built around what's called relational authority mm-hmm. you know where your expertise still matters um that is that is a fundamental component of it but like you said nobody's just going to listen to an like young people especially are not just going to listen to an yeah. expert because they're an expert so you have to be doing off, you know you have to be authentic you have to be transparent um you know all these 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 other relational dimensions and we walk through each one of them we we won't go through them here but authority still matters. In other words, it's mm. just that relational component has to come along with the expertise before you can get that trust back.
0: That's wonderful. Maybe as a final question, um, how, how many years have you been doing this study and what would you, how would you characterize just very broadly the difference since when you began doing it to now and just the state of religion uh, very, very broadly? Yeah.
1: Well, so Spring Guy has been around since uh not for very long. So just 2019 we're um we're in we're under the same 501c3 as St. Mary's Press, a very Lasallian you know, effort out into the world to understand all young people. Mm-hmm. Um but I've been a sociologist of religion, had my training, my PhD work back in 2005, 2006 2007. Okay. Um, and what we've seen there is uh this this really the shift in terms of, you know, it's not like young people are sampling, like I'm going to try Hinduism and either take it or leave it. I'm going to try Catholicism and either take it or leave it. And instead they're really interested in how their peers and others are living out their faith lives. So they can learn something about their own faith life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a much more relational a much more communal uh, approach than certainly than I grew up with. And it doesn't lend itself to being able to check a box neatly on a survey, which is sort
0: of the reason spring Tide exists because yeah,
1: yeah. we felt like we really had to understand them better.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Packer, for joining us. Uh, This is a really fascinating uh, study. And I I think um, it should give some good fodder for thinking about praying about evangelization and working with young people in the future to really uh, approach them where they are. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And people can
1: find the State of Religion Young People. It's a free download on
0: our site or Apple Books or uh, Kindle, and they'll find the Catholic edition on our website as well. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Catholic Bites. Uh, If you'd like to find other great Catholic podcasts, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.